Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Arganissima, New York. Welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio with Hurricane Age, new day, new show, new topic, new guest. Um, I have an MD and I have a doctor with me and uh, we're going to kind of twist things around. And I like to do that every now and then bring in some new flavors, new concepts. And we talk about medicine and healthcare, and, you know, uh, there are a lot of topics we can cover. <laughs> we can cover days and days and hours and hours. But there's an angle about it that we sometimes do not, uh, I guess, link to the healthcare and to the the, the, the provider side and uh, and just uh, health in general. And today we're gonna have specialists with us who will actually guide us to a whole new view of things. And he is an author that wrote a book about it recently, and we're gonna talk about that. And uh, so he is a doctor and he'll tell us more about his practice and he does just more than just MD stuff. <laughs> He's actually beyond that. And so, so we have with us Dr. Vimal George or Dr. George, um, there's, there's different, he's known differently in, in the space of, of medicine and, and his world as an author as well. So first things first, doctor, welcome to the show. Welcome to, to iHealth channel and iHealth radio. I love your stuff and your angle. And I think we're going to really throw a little spin on our people here. So our audience will be like, <laughs> what the hell? This is a health topic. It is. And, but we're going to talk about, you know, the primary piece of, you know, an MD doctor and we can talk about that. And then we can really dive into how it all correlates to everything else in finances and things. And I'm, I'm using the word finances here. I'm like, wait a minute, what does that mean? We'll talk about it. I'll leave that to you, right? So, so before I get you know, any further, please tell us a little bit about your, yourself, your background, and, and, and you just story. Sure. Uh, thank you so much, first of all, Hurricane H, for uh, having me on the show. It's an honor to be here. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, so just to tell you a little bit, um, you know, I'm a family doc. I, I practice here in Austin, Texas in a, uh, a fairly traditional uh, medical practice. It's a multi-specialty group. Uh, I've been practicing medicine for over 15 years now uh, since after my residency and, um, you know, kind of worked my way up to, to the uh, position of uh, chief of uh, family medicine and then eventually uh, as uh, chief of quality for our um, multi-specialty clinic, which has about 150 providers. And, uh, you know, I kind of came to recognize uh, in, in my position what a lot of folks in the healthcare field are well aware of, which is that, you know, chronic disease is increasing year by year. So if we think about rates of diabetes or rates of obesity or rates of uh, Alzheimer's, uh, colon cancer, major depressive disorders, all these things are increasing uh, year over year, including healthcare costs. And so, you know, Basically, I'm kind of looking at it from that position and seeing that, hey, you know, we're not really making an impact and we have to change direction. We have to 
kind of work uh, a little bit differently than we are now if we're going to make an impact on health. So <laughs> that's... Well, that, that, that's great. Well, so let, let's break that down. I mean, because that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and, and the first thing I want to just talk about is just family practice in general. And uh, I mean, you know, there, there, when you're a primary doctor, there's, there's different levels. You can, you're in internal medicine, you can be a pediatric, I mean, if you specialize in kids. And, but certainly family practice is a little bit of everybody. I think uh, if they're, you know, it's kids to, to adults, right? I mean, that's, that's the age group. Um, is there a limitation for you in terms of practice? Uh, you, you know, family physicians vary from one provider to another, I would say. Most of us are, uh, most of us do, uh, um, you know, from pediatrics to uh, geriatrics. Mm -hmm. um, some of us do more from, you know, uh, younger teens to um, pre-geriatrics. Uh, I kind of run the, the full gamut from, uh, you, you know, really kind of age on five on up to uh, on up to, to 108. One of my patients was uh, 108 years old. So that, wow, <laughs> that was my record. Nice. So, yeah. So, well, um, yeah, you know, we see a little bit of everything. And I'm thinking, and the reason I'm asking, because I mean, just to, to clarify for people that, you know, I mean, I'm in the insurance world and the, the payer side. So we're no, we know about all the specialties and the different mm -hmm. groups, but some people may, may be clear about it. Some may not be as clear. And so I wanted just to clarify that. And, you know, which means in your, in your case, you cover almost everybody <laughs> under the sun. And, and, and that gives you a lot of different angles and more access in a way, because a lot of folks, you know, sometimes they prefer, like I prefer a family practitioner, for example, because the whole family goes there. Our records in one place and my kids are there, you know, my wife is there, everybody is there. So my mom right. is there, you know, so it makes more sense for us to be that way. And so we can make appointments together. It makes sense that way. Now yes. you mentioned that, you are in a practice that has many doctors. Mm -hmm. So I guess you have subspecialties, different things. So it's a full clinic, full operation. Sure. Right. right. And, and, and that's, that's, that also makes it more interesting because now you're talking about almost every service that's under the yes. sun. Right. And, and you mentioned chronic diseases, which basically a lot of these specialties, subspecialties will be you know, treating or at least dealing with. So you have a variety of patients from every age group and probably every condition that can be, you know, available out there. Absolutely. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, so again, I just wanted to, to clarify that. And uh, so thank you for that. Now let's talk about, you mentioned healthcare costs. Yes. <laughs> now that's a topic we probably can spend hours on, you know, and, and we may not, never run out of it. I mean, first of yes. all, the healthcare system in the U S as, as a whole is a little different from a lot of places around the world. Um, there's always a question like, you know, uh, it's expensive. We yes. always say that you hear that all over the place. Yes. Um, employers are given less and less, and there's, there's so many challenges that are out mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. uh, and healthcare is, is a lot of things. I mean, there's, there's the folks that have plenty of money and they can afford any policy There are the yeah. folks that are middle-class and they have, they, they rely on their businesses or, or, or jobs sure. to provide care for them and their family. Then you have people that rely on, on government programs, whether it's mm -hmm. Medicaid, Medicare, or any of those other programs. Mm -hmm. uh, and that the healthcare cost here varies across all, the, all those. It does. And what you get and what kind of insurance you have and so on and so forth. Insurance world is another one we can also talk about a few hours. Mm -hmm. so, so what is your experience? I mean, ultimately, you've done this 15 years and not just as a particular practitioner yourself, but also as a clinic, as a facility. That's a lot of stuff. I mean, admin costs and, 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 and all the stuff that you have to handle. It's not easy. Sure. So let, let's 
guide us through that whole process. And then, then we can dive into your, you know, uh, I guess, financial piece and, and the whole yeah. book, you know, and how, how the book was designed. And we'll talk about the book. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, I, I think what you're getting to is that, you know, there's a lot of different things, uh, a lot of different variables that add to the cost of medical care. And um, it is a very expensive healthcare system in comparison to uh, other developed countries. It's actually the most expensive and in fact, by a factor of almost two to one. Uh, so twice as expensive as, as um, you know, most other um, uh, European countries, for example, and, um, and countries of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. Uh, so if we're looking at, you know, statistically, we spend twice as much and yet our outcomes are you know, mediocre to perhaps a little bit less than uh, average among the developed countries. Um, if you look at rates of longevity, for example, we actually live a little bit uh, uh, shorter life expectancy. We have a shorter life expectancy than, than many of these other countries. Our rates of chronic disease are higher in comparison to several other countries. Our, um, our, 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 you know, infant mortality rates are higher maternal mortality rates are a little bit higher. So a lot of different things that, um, you know, maybe we're not quite uh, living up to our potential. In other words, we're spending uh, so much of our resources, but really getting very little bang for the buck. Um, what does that come down to? You know, there's several different factors that, you know, people have traditionally pointed to. And there's a lot there we can, you know, spend days on, but, you know, basically uh, the lack of coordination of care, um, there's the high administrative costs. There are higher costs in general. In other words, prices are just set very high. Um, there's, you know, the fact of higher readmissions. There's the prevalence of chronic disease. Uh, there's the um, lack of coordination between the hospital side and the outpatient side. Uh, so a number of different variables that, you know, we, uh, we, we do, uh, well, we're well aware of. Um, what I tried to add to the discussion is that there, there really is another, um, you know, central factor that's sort of an elephant in the room that really is kind of unrecognized and unaddressed that's driving a lot of this. So, so, so we'll, we'll get onto that one in a minute, but, mm -hmm. but I wanted to just go back to the element that you mentioned, which I think it's a, it's really a big deal. The fact that we're twice as as costly as as European countries or like to your point, mm. you know, modern, mm -hmm. you know, uh, advanced world countries, right? Sure. And and yet we have a lesser, you know, outcome as you said, longevity, mm -hmm. mortality, and but that 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 can be for a lot of audiences right now. And by the way, the show is broadcasting, and people listen all over the world. So <laughs> so people will be like, wow. I mean, that's statistically that sounds really crazy or yes. almost unbelievable. Even for Americans, we're like, yeah. really? We thought we had the best healthcare here. I mean, we we're the yeah. most advanced nation when it comes to you know medicine and stuff. Potentially in terms of you know studies, research, mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, breakthroughs and things like that. But to your point cost-wise and then outcome-wise, you know, I think that's really when you compare those two elements together. Yeah. Uh, not so much in the quality of care, I think, and, but even that, I think maybe some places in the world can mm -hmm. have just super quality. Mm -hmm. I mean, Europe is, you, you, you said it, I mean, Europe is, is a big example that we can use. I mean, Canada mm -hmm. next door. Some mm -hmm. people also will argue, well, if we're costing twice, you know, somebody's paying for these other countries too, right? <laughs> you know, and yes, of course, 
there's always somebody's paying for services. It's not free, nowhere. Sure. I mean, whether it's it's subsidized through the government or private entities or businesses, somebody's paying for it or private pay. You just go and pay. Mm-hmm. One way or the other, someone's going to pay for it. But you mentioned sure. some costs that are attached to to the care. Mm-hmm. And there's contributors, contributors. I mean, let's 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 call it what it is. I mean, med school is that cheap. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and and the minute you get That's out good. of there, I mean, you have yeah. a lot of costs already attached. You open a sure. facility, it's got stuff, medicine costs, you know, equipment costs, everything. It's not as, uh, you know, just, hey, let's just have this, you know, make it mm-hmm. work. There's there's two there's there's a a real, I guess, technological <laughs> aspect of this, but also it comes at a at a, at a price. Sure. And, and, and industry wise, this is like it's been going on for years. This is not new. And I think right. it's escalated over years and, and it's just gotten worse and worse. And today, mm-hmm. probably more than ever, it's sometimes very difficult to, to access, especially depends on where you are. That's, I think, the other piece. Mm-hmm. Some larger, you know, uh, I guess cities uh, will have a different impact than, than maybe smaller areas. Suburbans versus metropolitan areas will have different, you know, uh, I guess, systems and costs attached to them Mm -hmm. so so you are in a metropolitan area Mm -hmm. and it's 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 a decent proportion size in terms of population Um, so so how do you handle it in your world in terms of meeting these expectations in terms of cost and managing it and still providing care adequate care yeah, you know that that's a that's a a tough question um you know we're you know i'd say that we're not adequately um, meeting the need, right? And so what's happening is that, in fact, uh, we are um, kind of uh, not able to uh, control the cost of healthcare. And so as a result, what we're seeing is that actually uh, driven largely by chronic disease, I mean, 75% of the cost of healthcare are, are chronic disease related and largely driven by the rise of chronic disease we're unable to contain the cost of healthcare, uh, not to mention the fact that we're not able to contain the rise of chronic disease. So in other words, if these things are increasing over time, you know, you, obesity rates, for example, um, you know, some of your listeners might be shocked to learn that between patients, uh, adult patients in the United States who are either overweight or obese together, that's 73% of the population. Uh, 73% of the population uh, among U.S. adults are either overweight or obese. That's, um, you know, straight from the CDC statistics. And so basically, not only is that shocking, but if you look at the rates of which at which it is projected to rise to, it's it continues to rise year after year. And this was not the case uh, 50 years ago or 100 years ago, um, or even 20 years ago, for that matter, right? I mean, there's things that are... Uh, changing that are causing the rise of the chronic diseases that we're seeing today. And so, you know, to your question, what is it, how is it that we're managing? Well, we're really not. We're kind of putting bandages on the problem. We're able to uh, keep our patients from having some complications of diabetes, for example, but um, we're largely not preventing them from having diabetes in the first place or, you know, colon cancer in the first place or major depressive disorder, Alzheimer's or whichever chronic disease that we're talking about, uh, for the most part, we're really not doing a good job of preventing it. We're only kind of treating it to prevent complications after the fact. So doctor, I, I, I'm, I don't want to sound controversial, but I do want to <laughs> ask this from your opinion. And, and again, 
uh, we don't have, it's not a, this is not a political scene. So we're, we're keeping the politics out of it. Uh -huh. But, but, but I think there is, there's a challenge because, and I agree with you. I, I, you know, I asked the question on purpose because I know we are not equipped adequately nowhere. I mean, especially in the biggest cities, it's, it's crazy, but, but you said it yourself. I mean, there are some key elements that have been trends, you know, diabetes is on the rise, obesity is on the rise. And a lot of people will probably say, well, we can't prevent it. We can't potentially prevent it if we do certain things. And now people get a little crazy. Well, some industries are factored in this. I mean, they have a say in this, for example, mm -hmm. nutrition, uh, food industry. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of sugar business. <laughs> sure. You know? And all these things can be contributors. You have pollution, talking about cancer and all yeah. other stuff. There's so many things that can be done. I mean, the food that we eat, it's not, I mean, there's the whole debate about organic versus not organic. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so these, some, some of the folks probably like, well, if we did this and, and there is a big, I guess, um, movement, there is, there's the provider side, there is the industry side, there's the activist side and everybody's pushing from the end. But at the end of the day, we all want the same. I hope that we all want the same is that we want people healthier. And there are people that would argue about that. They say, well, doctors don't really care. They just, they get their business to keep you going so they can keep it. I, I, I'm being real that. about it, but you no, know. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Doctors, well, if, if everybody's cured, well, what do we need doctors for? <laughs> That's, you know, so some people yeah. may say that, or some people say, well, doctors are not advocating enough for all these things, which is not necessarily true. Doctors yeah. are advocating. They are doing their job. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, you are, you know, you are in, in, in a very difficult place because you are the caregivers, you are the, <laughs> the providers that, that help people and you give preventative stuff and measure. And, sure. but, but the problem, people come to you, it's too late. That's one. Unless yeah. they start, like in your case, as a family practitioner, you can start with a kid mm -hmm, and you, mm -hmm. you follow them through the age groups. And you know, as they age up, you know about everything they have. Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. a better chance to, to almost prevent things in advance as you guide them through that. Sure. A lot of people switch doctors and they don't even you know, they don't even see a doctor until they're sick. That's yeah. the other transition. And we have that uh, in, in metropolitan areas. You'll see a lot more people go into emergency rooms than go into primary care. Then. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I, I, I got a headache. You know, let me just walk into the ER, see what's going on. I get right. a couple of pills. You yeah. know, uh, that's that's the problem. There's no real emphasis and focus on preventative measures and or focusing on, you know, doing your physicals and your annual checkups and having a, a, a you know, a, a, an actual direct primary care to take care of, you know, your history, yeah. your family, your DNA, everything. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's part of the problem. Mm -hmm. So, so educating the people in general, mm -hmm. how, the behavior part, but then the other aspect is, you know, how to interact with what's available in society. So food wise, you know, <clears throat> we consume alcohol that can cause problems, right? Sure. <laughs> you know, uh, drug, yeah. that's a problem. You know, like I said, a lot of factors. Mm -hmm. uh, some people like to take sometimes medicine and they say that it has other effects and it can be problematic. So there's so many potential blames that we can put out there. <laughs> of course, yes. So so now you've heard those and, you know, and you have to deal with that. And, and most people will probably say, well, you're a doctor, you're going to do the best for the doctor's community, right? <laughs> but, 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 really, but really what I want, <laughs> to convey here is that I believe in the message and, and the mission of the doctors. And I think yes. doctors, we need you. We want you to be out yeah. there because you do self life and help, right. you know, people, but you're right at a degree. If I come damaged, what can mm. you do possibly for me? You just have mm. to help me manage what I have in front of you. It's mm -hmm. too late. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I think your program, your book, doing these these types of shows, bringing people into the mm-hmm. service and, and teaching them how to be potentially better before mm-hmm. they get mm-hmm. before it's too late. Yeah. So so what is your your secret formula here? <laughs> so so this this is an uh, interesting one. It's a, a little bit of a discussion to kind of get to it. Okay, but um, we're we're here for it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so. So as I mentioned, you know, we're, we're seeing the rise of chronic disease, the rise of obesity, the rise of uh, healthcare expenses to the point that we're now spending $3.8 trillion um, per year on our healthcare uh, expenses. And that's, um, you know, by far, uh, you know, more than any other country and it's 20% of our GDP. That means we're not being, we're not able to spend on, on education and other things that we would rather spend on, right? Uh, so it's lost opportunities. Uh, so basically, you know, what I, I what I try to point out in the book is that a lot of what's happening, it's driven, uh, this rise of chronic disease is driven by um, factors that you would have uh, a hard time realizing. So, um, and, and, and so in a word, it has something to do with our system of capitalism and the combination of that on the one side with the uh, fact that by human nature, uh, we tend to do things that are, 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 are not necessarily in our own best interest. So we tend to conflate pleasure for happiness. And as a result, <laughs> we tend to, to make poor, poor, uh, poor purchases. And so the end result of combining this, uh, this system of capitalism, which is a, a very um, you know, good system potentially, but with that in combination with our our tendency to mistake pleasure with happiness, the result is that we tend to mindlessly consume. And so mindless consumption, as I call it, um, leads to the rise of chronic disease. And you, of course, will now come to think of how is that, how is that even related, right? And so let me suggest that there's really kind of four major ways that that's happening. Uh, But to really understand that, you, you have to take a step back and, and understand that if it weren't for our mindless consumption habits, that we would actually get to the point of becoming uh, financially independent of our employers. Okay, let me just kind of set that aside for now okay. and come back to that part of the discussion. Okay, because <laughs> there's a lot to explore there. There's but an interesting, just... <laughs> that's an interesting topic. And I know we want to hear about that. Go ahead. Yes, Go ahead. yes. But I'm going to first focus on how consumerism is actually leading to chronic disease. And so in the first place, we are, as a result of mindless consumption, um, now tied to our employers. And modern day employment is a health hazard in a way that a lot of folks would have a hard time realizing. And what do I mean by that? Well, you know, we are basically sitting in a chair in front of our computers from eight to five uh, for the majority of, of our workday for years on end. And in, in addition to that, you're also sitting through traffic to and from work. Um, and, and, and so obviously very sedentary, right? Um, and we all know that a healthy uh, diet, exercise, and good sleep are fundamental pillars of healthy living. So there you go. Exercise is just out the window right off the bat. Second, uh, this lifestyle also, uh, you know, most folks are, are either grabbing breakfast on the go or, or they're skipping breakfast. Uh, oftentimes lunch is in a hurry and they oftentimes don't have time to prepare uh, a nourishing meal for 
for their kids uh, at dinner time. And so as a result, uh, we've kind of lost out on the opportunity for a healthy diet and, and exercise, right? Not to mention the fact that a lot of us are stressed or overworked and um, are probably compromising sleep. And so insomnia is adding to that. And that's the first way uh, that our habits of mindless consumption are adversely affecting our health and leading to the rise of chronic disease. Second, if you look at the healthiest living people around the world, they actually, uh, if you ask them, uh, what is it that they're doing? What's the secret to healthy living? What is it that you guys are doing that, that leads to such long, healthy lives? And the answer you'd be surprised is that they don't seem to know. <laughs> okay? They don't seem to know. And the reason is, it's because it's actually engineered into their everyday lives. So for example, just to give you an example, we come out and we get out of our house, we have a garage, we get into the car and come out uh, to our next destination, right? Uh, for work, for example. But a lot of those folks, they may not necessarily have um, paved roads next to their house. And the result is that as a result, they have to use their legs to get to, to wherever they're trying to get to. They have to use their legs. Whereas we have engineered out the, the meaningful use of our legs, uh, the meaningful use of, of physical activity in a way that's adversely affecting us, in a way that we're sort of shooting ourselves in the foot. <laughs> so, so that's kind of the second major way. Third, um, our, our um, consumption habits have also uh, led us to adversely affect the environment. Uh, you know, climate change is only the most obvious of those ways, but even if you look at species extinction, um, you know, um, by some estimates uh, are the rate of species extinction is hundreds of times, maybe even thousand times higher than it was historically uh, in the present age. And that's leading to um, opportunistic infections, including the rise of infectious diseases, possibly including COVID. I don't make the case for COVID being part of that in the book because I wanna not get ahead of the science, but that uh, possibly is related. Mm. Um, and, and increasingly our environments are, are increasingly artificial. And we, we know that our, our bodies are, are best meant to, um, to live in natural environments. We, do, we, we flourish much better when we're in more natural environments. Uh, so that's kind of the third way. Um, and then fourth, uh, and this was a little bit more of a challenge to understand this, but fourth major way that consumerism is adversely affecting our health if you think about the opportunity cost, so you're, um, if you were financially independent, the reason people work who are financially independent, as opposed to a person who is dependent on their employer, is actually different, okay? A person who's financially independent, they work because they are, they love the product or service that they are trying to, to produce. And money is itself, a, is instead a side effect. Whereas a person who's financially dependent on their employer, they work for money and the product or service that they are producing is instead the side effect. And, and this leads to a huge implications in, in multiple ways, which I kind of talk about in the book, but just to give you an idea of how that can adversely affect us, uh, think back to, you know, I think back to a, a quote from uh, Upton Sinclair, who is a uh, a novelist from the 1920s. And he had an interesting quote. He said that um, 
it is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on him not understanding it. <laughs> so, so in other words, that's um, true. It's deep. It's deep. <laughs> it, it is. So basically, what he's saying is, you know, in a sense, uh, we're we're much more vulnerable to compromising our own t- integrity uh, when we have to work for money, because that's what we end up having to, you know, rely on because of, unfortunately, of overconsumption. Again, most folks, um, if they recognize that as, as the issue, if they re- recognize that, that they really are overconsuming, they do have the potential to become financially independent. So you'd be consuming a lot less, which means you have a lot more available to be able to invest. And when you make that investment, you can get to the point of being independent of any employer for your income. In other words, you quit working, you would never run out of money. You'd still be able to sustain your your day-to-day living. So <laughs> no, that's a long-winded explanation. But. No, no, no. That's actually perfect. I, I love I love the transition. And and I mean it it, it almost is as clear as, as as it sounds. You're right. All these are true factors that we've been living and they are happening and we are aware of them, and to your point, I mean, as as the philosophy that you just you know quoted there, uh, yeah. you know, is 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 reality. Because at the end of the day, you're right. I, if I have to work for a living, and you know, let's say my production is something that is whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> I will whether I like it or not, I'm still going to do the job. Mm-hmm. And so, and to your point, I'm not you know investing in anything, so I will continue doing this. Mm-hmm. Now, now the thing with the, the thing with this, right? So people are listening to this show right now, and they'd be like, "Huh? Well, if everybody does get to that financial freedom, well, who's going to work for these companies?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, but I, I want to just add one more thing. Yeah. So I actually have been reading a lot about this, and and uh, it's it's amazing because there are a lot of people, there are advocates out there, and they can clearly say that the system has almost mm-hmm. been rigged that way because from school. You are mm. trained to be an employee, not an entrepreneur. You know, sure. nothing that you're being that you're taught to work for the hours, not to be able to to do your own thing. It's yeah. almost like by design, it's been that way. Yeah. And yeah. 90% of us will probably just again that rat race, we wake up, we do the same yes. thing. We sure you, you ask kids, what are you gonna do? Uh, I'm gonna be and don't call me a doctor, <laughs> you know, a lawyer, <laughs> a, a teacher, you know, the, the usual, sure. right? a cop, this right now. So there's the now, but, but I, I want to make sure that I clarify something. When I say doctor, you are a doctor, but also you're an entrepreneur. That's a different <laughs> story, <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. A lot of doctors are business people. <laughs> and, you know, so beyond the practice of medicine, they, they, they tend, and I know a lot of them, they actually have enterprises, I mean, you know, different, you know, systems of, you know, clinical and medical and things like that, and even other sure. types of invent- ventures. So they turn it to an opportunity of business and financial stability. Uh, sure. Dentists do the same and so on and so forth. So, but, but, but you're right. The average person will mm-hmm. tend to finish school, to get a degree, to get a job, to get a pay and work that paycheck to paycheck, save some mm-hmm. money, maybe do vacation, then start sure. f- start f- thinking about college degree for the kids, yes. you know, and then save for those. And, and that's just life. And before you know it, yeah, like I was, I was reading this, this particular post and, and it really gets in my mind every time I see a similar one, whereby you, you, you work all your life to retire at 65, how much more time you have to enjoy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah and oftentimes, and oftentimes with a lot of health problems as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you retire, 
uh, with uh, healthcare uh, costs and, uh, and uh, adverse health effects. So, and yeah. not a lot of money to retire on to start exactly. with, which means now, yes. again, your choices for food are going to be limited. <laughs> you, sure. And that's going to affect your health probably worse, you know? So Absolutely. It's, it's almost like a vicious cycle. It just keeps it is. Yeah. <laughs> coming back around and it, it's hard. But you're right. Uh, today, there's a, there's a movement and mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot more, especially in the crypto world and invested and the stock and mm-hmm. a few mm-hmm. other things. There's NFTs now, now the metaverse. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had, mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. all these discussions going on right now, sure. hot discussions. But still, a lot of people are not coming to it. They're, they're still not. Yeah. They're still not seeing any value. Bitcoin was just a joke. Then <laughs> now you want to want to you want to want to yeah. own a few of those bitcoins, right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But but so so it is it is a reality. And you're right. You know, putting all this into perspective for health, we usually don't connect those two dots. They're like two totally opposites. Mm-hmm. You just you just laid the foundation to believe. Mm-hmm. Like your better health is also in your better finances. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that that's kind of shocking to to hear in in a lot of ways, right? Um, you know, when you when you think about it, and I'm kind of going back to to some of the points that you made, which is that you know we kind of grow up in a system that is training us to do this, right? In a sense, uh, you, you might recognize the the title of my book is Health in Flames. The subtitle is A Doctor's Prescription for Living Beyond Diet and Exercise. Well, in a sense, you know the prescription that we've been given is a politician's prescription, right? So our leaders, our politicians, they've kind of given us a prescription for living that calls for increasingly spending more and more of our income and the pursuit of, uh, on a nationwide level, so on an individual level, it's just increasing consumption, increasing individual consumption, spending more and more money. On a nationwide level, that translates to growing GDP, right? And so, the, the prescription, whether you're on the right or on the left of the spectrum, uh, you know, uh, in the political spectrum, the, the focus is on increasing GDP growth. And the idea is that by increasing GDP growth, you know, we'll have uh, more and more of the things that we want. Um, but, you know, when we, when we look at what we are really after, uh, which is, um, you know, good health and well-being and ultimately happiness, uh, what we're seeing instead is as things are, as GDP is increasing, and, and particularly in the United States, um, uh, we're, what we're seeing is actually happiness levels are actually dropping um, in these last few decades, especially. Now, I don't want to minimize the point because uh, to a certain extent, uh, you know, the, in, the uh, pursuit of greater productivity and greater growth in GDP has actually translated to improved health outcomes. So I don't want to minimize that. But beyond a certain point, after we've met a lot of our basic needs, you know, having enough food and security and health and, and, and you know, um, housing, shelter, all those, um, once we've met our basic needs, some of the additional growth has actually adversely affected our health. Uh, so that overconsumption now is actually, uh, this pursuit of GDP growth is actually driving overconsumption, which is adversely affecting our health. Well, so so let's talk about that. I mean, it's, yeah. it's amazing, but we live in also a society that is like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, um, before the internet. Yes. You know, you, you saw things around the world through movies. That was kind of the first, you know, mm-hmm. maybe books. Maybe the news for those people that had satellite back in the days, you know, you may have that opportunity. Yeah. With the internet now, everything is out of the palm of your hands and and and... We have so many social, you know, media opportunities and we have now influencers. 
which <laughs> beyond just the typical actors and, and and the people that we looked up to and and or maybe commercials now we are getting it from individuals mm-hmm. who are actually promoting products left and right and what you see will become also a society of keeping up with the joneses yeah. Uh, yes. yeah you have a bag i mean especially in the ladies world i mean you know you have a, a Birkin, you know, I want to have a Birkin. I mean, of course. <laughs> now, now, we're not talking about cheap stuff here. We're talking about like, you know, some people's livelihood that can, can equate to a bag. And, and it's not just I want to have it. I, I got to have it, right? So. Exactly. That, that's exactly right. So, so yeah. and again, I went, I went to the Birkin, but we can start yes. with Coach and we can start with oh, Louis Vuitton. Yeah. We can mm-hmm. go with any smaller stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, people are almost like trendy to the point where mm-hmm. they'll sacrifice everything. They wound up mm-hmm. in debt. Um, and, and ultimately they're stressed to your point. Sure. Now I am not making up, you know, I'm not making ends meet and I am actually in debt. Uh, you know, I owe more than I make. I'm living mm-hmm. paycheck to paycheck. I'm not, now you're talking about misery, misery mm-hmm. and, and people are yeah. really not healthy. Right. Uh, now they compensate with maybe eating or sometimes actually you'll start eating junk versus eating healthy because now you can't afford yeah potentially to buy the stuff just because you want to meet the demand of the eyes of others just because people have because people are judging now if Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. you're not dressed if you wear a t-shirt that doesn't have a logo that's a problem (laughs) you know you want to have something just to show that you can afford it right right it's becoming a competitive society to your point capitalism you want to (laughs) want spend 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 we want Mm -hmm, to spend mm -hmm. we want to but it's it's in your face everywhere Mm -hmm, there's mm -hmm. nowhere you go to I mean, listen, I'm in sales and marketing, you know, on my, my yeah. insurance world side, and it's all about promoting. That's what it is, yeah. But, but mm-hmm. you know, we promote health. That's a little different, you know, sure. spin. But at the end of the day, in every business out there is promoting. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's causing people to want to buy more and right. causing more competitiveness, especially you go to a gym. I mean, you go to these gyms, some people walk in with Louis Vuitton bags and stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they dress up like they go into a party. I mean, they're going to the gym. You know, and I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying these are facts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, people are judging, and you know, based on what you do. You know, they want you to 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 be exactly like everybody else. You know, otherwise, you're not going to be conformed to the society mm-hmm. requirements. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Uh, you know, and I think that's actually where we are today as mm-hmm. as as a universe. And by the way, this is not just in the U.S. Uh, you know. Europeans want to look like the way sure. the Americans, the Americans yeah. want to, you know, buy, you know, European brands, <laughs> Middle yeah. East, you know, wants to just, you know, mimic, you know, the West. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. like, you know, we almost like it's a, like you buy. It's funny. You go to Europe, a pair of jeans that that sells for $40 here sells for 300 euros <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and vice versa. A product that is <laughs> Europe made costs like thousands of dollars. Here. Oh, yeah. And, and people are like, I need to have that. I must have that. <laughs> yes. And that's that's really mind blowing. I mean, when you think about it, it's like, whoa. But 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 you're right. That is what's driving this 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 hype. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it has a toll on our health individually, our families, right. and ultimately, to your point, on the healthcare system. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, you, you talk about um, the. The, the tendency that we just want to kind of keep up with each other, right? The yeah. keeping up with the Joneses phenomenon, uh, you, you know, and, and it is such a temptation, right? But the, the other side of that is the opportunity cost, right? And so with every time that we're out there purchasing the next, I don't know, Gucci bag or, or whatever brand name uh, thing that we don't need, <laughs> uh, we're actually losing out on a bit of opportunity. In other words, you're, 
you're potentially um, missing out on the uh, on the uh, on the potential for financial independence. So, in other words, if you yes, uh, you, you know it is enviable to see uh, your neighbors or your friends who have all these fancy uh, things, and uh, you want to be able to uh, do likewise, right? But uh, actually, if you were to be able to live uh, well within your means and, and you know, kind of forego a lot of these um, things that are not going to translate to increased happiness, even though it is pleasurable, uh, but are not going to improve your uh, happiness, then you'll actually get to the point of becoming financially independent. And then those folks that you're envying, they're going to be envying you, right? Because now here you are independent of having to be obligated to be, um, uh, you know, in a place you're working nine to five in front of a computer being sedentary, you actually have the freedom to be able to do the things that you want to do. So you'll find that you're actually the envy of your neighbors. <laughs> so. Well, you, you know, it's amazing that you said it because you're right. I mean, you might give the example of a Gucci bag and uh, it's a couple of thousand dollars. If you invest them in, into something, <laughs> they can, they can turn into multiple Gucci <laughs> over exactly. a couple of months. And exactly. you're right. I mean, I think the difference between being an entrepreneur and, 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 you know, a different finance, financial savvy mm -hmm. is, is in, is the sacrifice. It's going to be hard mm -hmm. in the beginning. So you sure. want to be like, you know, almost like tight with your finances and very picky <laughs> with them and you only spend them as needed, but mm -hmm. then you invest your excess into what can bring you enough value. And then eventually you don't have to, you're independent completely. And that's yeah. really what the millionaire <laughs> concept yeah. is. I mean, that's what, you know, the what people refer to as the one percent and stuff they invest yes. their their assets and they make assets for themselves to generate mm -hmm. income so they don't have to worry about you know i have to be physically there the money is coming mm -hmm. in whether i'm there or not mm -hmm. but but and you're right i mean people say money does not bring happiness mm -hmm. uh, or health uh, you know while that there's some truth to that Mm -hmm. But you can actually buy, you know, peace of mind. You can. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not going to buy you health if, you know, if you're sure. sick, you're sick. It might right. find you. It's like, but what it is, is that if you're stressless, you're yes. healthy, you, you are rested well and stuff like that. You're not getting the, the stresses that can yeah. affect your health, your ulcers and everything else that can happen. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. So, so there is that, that, that part. It's just, again, it's, you have to find the right balance. Now in your book, I love yes. it because it, it's almost like creating that, that formula for us. I mean, it's not even creating, right. it's really just highlighting it because it's yes. always been there. People, exactly. just, people need to see it, to hear it more and, and be able right. to kind of almost relate to it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you know, there's nothing that's all that um, uh, revealing about some of the financial uh, advice in the book, right? It's, it's things that we have, uh, all heard of. Uh, here's a little secret. It's it's very simple. <laughs> One, live well within your means, and two, invest that the good part of your um, uh, the the amount that you save. And what what I bring to the discussion is that you know if you really um, buy into the science that shows that in fact the best things in life are free once you meet some of your basic needs. Uh, then you uh, will do far more than the typical financial advisor would uh, recommend. So in other words, most financial advisors might tell you to put away 10% or 20% at the most. Uh, but you know, if you, if you can actually buy into this mindset, you can easily put away 30, 40, 
and and for some folks uh, that could be 70 75 percent um you, you know it's it's a it, it's a way of recognizing uh, what the science of well-being is telling us that in fact uh, beyond a certain level once you've met your basic needs um the purchase that purchases that we make uh, really don't translate to increased happiness uh, even though it brings some temporary pleasure it's not going to increase your happiness levels and so if you take that and you take advantage of it by uh, not overspending and in fact um, shifting that over to investing then you'll get to the point of financial independence now here's an important point just because you're financially independent doesn't mean you're going to be retiring uh, I hope a lot of folks don't retire. I mean, life becomes a lot more interesting all of a sudden when you become financially independent. And then maybe you want to work with your current employer. Uh, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, but, you know, I kind of present the, the story in the book of a, of a character that's, that, that I, I talk about who uh, gets to the point of uh, becoming financially independent and then actually in, goes back to work and actually enjoys the work that they are doing in a way that they wouldn't have before. Um, in a way, and they're able to contribute a lot more. They're, first of all, uh, more healthy. And as a result, they are also uh, more engaged. Um, they have the freedom to be able to choose what the products, what, what projects they wanna work on versus not, because again, you're not obligated to that employer. If you wanted to, you could, you could split with them, right? And so you have the leverage to be able to uh, to be able to, to, to negotiate in a way that you couldn't before, right? And, and so, you, you know, the point of all this is not to say you should be financially independent and therefore retired. No, I'm not necessarily advocating that. I just think that there's a lot of things that you could do uh, once you gain affluence of time in a way that you can't because we are, you know, unfortunately tied to our employers. Doctor, you know, it's, it's amazing as you're breaking that, that story or that example, you're right. If you are, I mean, it's it's a sense of security. Yes. You're not afraid to lose your job. Exactly. You're not afraid yeah. that you're going to lose your home. Mm -hmm. Your basics are, you're never going to be starving. Yeah. And so so you can, you know, walk, talk the way you want, feel the yeah. way you want, and be as 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 direct as, as, as you can. Because a lot of us, you know, sometimes in the workplace are afraid to say things how they should be said because we're afraid of retaliation or the outcome sure. of sure. your 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 verbiage <laughs> or your word you know the yeah. words you use and, and, and let me just add, let me yeah, just please. add in sorry yeah. to interrupt but no, 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 you know ahead. when you when you are then working um for that same employer maybe you work differently and you work because you're really passionate about the product or service that you're putting together and as a result your productivity actually increases that's right. And, and so, you know, I think there's a lot that we're leaving on the table that, that we can really benefit from if we, if we recognize uh, that the pathology that really is driving our chronic diseases. <laughs> wow. You know, it, it is amazing. And, and, you know, it's a change in behavior mm -hmm. primarily. Mm -hmm. and, and, and by the way, you're right. You know, you, the fact that you are independent doesn't mean, and by the way, a good, you know, person that achieves that will never retire. 
Yeah. Because they'll yeah. always be doing something and being creative and reinvesting other things. Absolutely. And you're right. Even if they go to like some people say, first question we ask, if you won the lottery, would you work? <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. know, there are people that have won the lottery and still went back to work. <laughs> Historically, <laughs> that, that has been actually documented. Yeah. But but yeah. the bottom line is you're right. You come back to work with pleasure. And well, and, and maybe you might work um uh, in a different way, right? So maybe maybe you don't go back to your employer. Maybe you have some, uh, a passion that you're interested in, in pursuing that you've never been able to before because, again, you're tied to your employer. And so now you have the time to be able to say, hey, I want to invest in this. I want to see what comes of this. You know, a lot of folks, uh, uh, they, they um, look at a person like Elon Musk and, and they recognize, I mean, they, they basically, um, you know, um, adulatingly say that that he's a genius and and, uh, and he is and I don't want to take away from that but there's a lot of genius in 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 you know your listeners sitting here and all of us right in in terms of you know if we're freed from that sort of level of obligation where we're tied to an employer we actually start to see things in way this in ways that we don't now we start to recognize that we have sort of creative um interests that we had kind of neglected up to this point because we never had time to look up and see. And, and so, you know, kind of a world of opportunity opens up to you. Well, you're right, doctor. And But I think that we, as I said earlier, and you, you confirmed it, the fact is they've been conditioned, we've been conditioned to some of yeah. these. Yeah. And, 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 you know, sometimes listening to something like this, a talk like this mm. can make a difference in somebody's mind. Oh, damn. I, I, I am genius. And by the way, yeah. everybody has genius in them. Absolutely. It's really, it's like almost like, you know, a button that's, that's dormant. Sometimes you just have to press that's it. Right. And, and it takes that little booster, somebody to, to tell you something, an event that can change your life. Yeah. Uh, uh, most of the successful people, and we had, I had a couple of shows back, we had a similar discussion. Mm-hmm. A lot of successful people, why they succeed is because they had some crazy event in their life. Mm-hmm. It turned their life upside down, and that was the the turning point. And because of whatever it was, now they live the life that they always dreamt of, mm-hmm. they wanted, mm-hmm. as opposed to the life they were, you know, given the the, the answer. Sure. It changes, and and you're right. You can maybe not go back to that same employer. Now you can do your passion. You know, go find something that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can own the same company <laughs> you really mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it so so much you can buy sh- shares and now you're the president or the, the chairperson i mean that also happened before history so sure uh, you know i mean there's there's so many things but i think the concept is what does that mean in terms of health not only mm-hmm. mental mm-hmm. health but also physical health absolutely and 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 then to your point society was because now the damage is less overall yes. cost is less everybody else can benefit from this. <laughs> exactly. You know, so it's amazing how it all correlates as long as we can it see really is. the connection and connect those dots. You know, um, if you, if you look at what's health, happening in our healthcare system right now, um, you, you know, we're basically, uh, again, you know, seeing the rise of diabetes and obesity and, and even colon cancer um, and, you know, major depressive disorders, generalized anxiety disorders. And you think about, you know, what are all these doctors like me? What are we exactly doing? Because again, we're not controlling this. We're not getting a, a hold of this. We're not reducing the, the chronic disease burden. It's actually just increasing over time. And, and what I'd like to suggest is that, you know, we're really kind of treating this as if uh, you have a patient who has a pneumonia and 
as you know, and you don't need to be a healthcare professional to know this, but you can't treat a pneumonia by just treating the symptoms of the pneumonia. You can't treat them by just treating the cough or just treating the fever. You have to treat the underlying infection that's causing the symptoms. And, and I guess what I'm suggesting is that these chronic diseases, whether it's diabetes or Alzheimer's or major depressive disorder, all these various disorders are really just kind of symptoms of the underlying pathology that's causing the rise of these chronic diseases, which if we don't address, it's going to continue to wreak havoc on our system. And so unless we see that consumerism, that's mindless consumerism, it is the, is the thing that's driving our healthcare, uh, rise of, causing the rise of chronic disease, then we're just never going to be able to, to manage the chronic disease burden that our healthcare system is meant to be built to, 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 um, to, to manage, right? Well, listen, I, you have a tough life in terms of, of the mission that you've chosen in, in the healthcare. I mean, you're right. It's You want to help everyone. You want to yes. save everybody. You want to have everybody live as long as they can and as healthy as they can. But you cannot make that change unless the people make the change themselves. And right. not only, and, and that, that starts with their behavior. That starts with how they, they operate in their daily lives, their family, their consumption, and understanding the limits, I, you know, it's funny, you know, I use this, this, this analogy um, in, in, a, in a particular show, we're talking about martial arts. So this was a whole different topic. And, you know, I, I think I mentioned something about the ninja diet. And <laughs> so the ninjas, you know, I mean, there's something I've read before that they only ate when they needed nutrition. <laughs> mm. So they, every day, every day, every day they ate, you know, mm -hmm. a certain way because they need a certain amount of nutrition. That's it. They didn't eat more just mm -hmm. because they had it available. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I'm talking, we're talking about, you know, a feudal time, you know, back sure. in, in the, the Shogun era. In, in Japan. Right. <laughs> but, the, but, but the bottom line is the concept is you eat when you need, mm -hmm. when your body mm -hmm. is requesting it. Culturally sure. now we have become so um, almost like uh, hypnotized about food. And so we have four meals a day that has to that have to happen. I mean, plus it's snacks. well, exactly. Well, so so plus snacks, right? So you have right. your your morning, your lunch, your dinner, and you have yeah. some sort of afternoon, you know, snack. I mean, mm -hmm. like crunchy, mm -hmm. munchy thingy. And then at night when you're on TV, you're like munching some popcorn, I mean, whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and and then you get the munchies at night. You wake up two o'clock and you get a I don't know. That's been almost culturally, you know, important. And 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 if you're not doing that, something's wrong. Like I see it, people at work. <laughs> it doesn't fail at 12 o'clock people are cooking <laughs> they're sure. in the kitchen yeah. cooking. you know i mean i'm not saying that you know some some of the people have a good routine and they eat healthy but mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's like we are almost like in that mode that you have mm -hmm. to have enough meals you have to have certain things at a certain time otherwise life ends sure right? and, and i i don't understand you know personally i don't see the value of it right yeah but but that's my opinion you know, someone can say, well, you guys talk all this talk on this show. You know, have you done any of that? <laughs> someone can probably challenge us right now and say, Dr. Hurricane, you know, you guys talk a lot of talk, but you know, do you walk the walk? And I can say, <laughs> I can say we probably do. And, you know, I, well, I'm not going to share anything about my personal life, but, you know, mm -hmm. in general, but I can sure. say I've used this, you know, me as an example. I mm -hmm. actually apply some of these concepts. I mm -hmm. I don't overeat and do stuff. I, mm -hmm. I I do things by due measure as they you know everything else. Mm -hmm. I try to keep a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I try to keep a different portfolio. And I I enjoy what I do because I know that I can work with it or without it. I'm still gonna 
my bills are going to be paid. So yes. I, I, but you get to that point after making a lot of mistakes. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. you know, over the years, I learned that, you know, I, I used to give this analogy one time financially. I, 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 at a point in my life, I, I drove a cab. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at a point in my life, I was the chief marketing officer. And so, and one day, <laughs> one, and one day I said, I was making the same money. People look at me. Funny. They're like, how is that possible? Uh, the difference is when I was driving a cab, I had a very limited house, a small house and limited expenses. When I got to this level, I, I upgraded everything. And <laughs> right. The balance is the same. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, your saving amount is the same at this rate. That's a problem. Exactly. That is a problem. <laughs> so, you know, if, if you look at, um, you know, just to give uh, a little more um, background to that, uh, that's something that's very real, right? In our everyday world, we see it. And so if you look at just the size of houses, in America, uh, you know, back in the 19, uh, early 19, <laughs> early 1900s, sorry, it was uh, uh, almost just a third of our, uh, the houses uh, that we have today. And, and so housing, the size of houses have increased by a factor of almost three times. And yet our levels of happiness as a society has actually just declined a little bit in the last few decades. And, and so, you know, it's just kind of pointing to the fact that, you know, we're chasing after that, that that next big thing and, and yet it's not really fulfilling well i can say this doctor I, I i made a joke about this you know even within the family is that doesn't matter what house you live in you only sleep in the bed and it only takes about you know a couple of feet of space in that bed and that's it when you sit <laughs> you don't sit around the whole house you sit in a particular spot we spend almost the same time in the same place if you have a living room yeah. that's where you spend most of your time and your bedroom sure. is the next one Sometimes we have, you know, a lot of space in our homes and we don't mm-hmm. have, we don't even use some of those rooms, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and we, so means we pay for real estate that we don't need. That's like if you have a business and just, course, you know, yeah. take a whole suite and you only use one office in the suite, right? you know, it wouldn't be savvy business, right? But I think yes. we apply that in our life because of what we said earlier, we tend to want to compete. And mm-hmm. yes, I mean, listen, there's, there's the ability to dream. If you can afford that, why not? I'm mm-hmm. not against that. I mean, mm-hmm. but to your mm-hmm. point, you got to get to the point where you can do that mm-hmm. and not worry about it. So now you're at a point, it's okay. I can have that extra space and enjoy my backyard and whatever. Mm-hmm. But am I doing it where I can do it for half of the price? Mm-hmm. Or am I doing it like the other concept I use is do not uh, downgrade your lifestyle, upgrade your finances. <laughs> mm. You know, so if there's mm-hmm, the other way, mm-hmm. I can either cut my expenses or like multiply my income. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, resources, right? That's another way to look at it. And if you mm-hmm. did that without the stress, you got to mm-hmm, do it mm-hmm. in a happy means, right? Happy way, right? So, I mean, it's a concept. And sure. everybody has a different way of doing yes. and approaching this. So. Absolutely. So, yeah. so, so in your book, um, you've highlighted a lot of these elements, but what is the, the, the bottom line core message mm. you know, that you really, you know, drive to everyone listening and watching mm-hmm. that we all can take away. I already got the, the core message. Sure. If yeah. We don't, if we want to just summarize it for them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we covered a lot of grounds here. <laughs> we did. Let me put it this way. Um, you know, again, going back to the prescription that our politicians is, uh, are giving us. Right. Um, you know, there really is almost two different approaches to affect, to um, addressing our health crisis. And the, the traditional way, uh, which is, again, leading to the rise of chronic disease and, and rise of healthcare expenses and, 
now declining happiness levels because it's adversely affecting our health uh, is, is problematic. Now, if you listen to what the, the um, conventional thinking is, uh, the solution is to continue to spend even more, uh, spend even more amount. Because you know what? By spending more, guess what? You're going to innovate more. And when you innovate more, you're going to be able to cure a lot of the chronic diseases that you can't even manage today. Uh, you're going to be able to cure diabetes and Alzheimer's and ca cancer and things that we can't even barely contain in today's world. And you know what? <laughs> so here's the problem with that thinking. Uh, they're right, actually, that we can get to the point being, of being able to cure a lot of the chronic diseases that we cannot even get control of today. That is very true. But we have to differentiate between, between managing chronic disease and improving health. Okay, so if, if our goal is to manage chronic disease, then yes, yeah, some of these things actually will just result in, uh, in uh, finding cures and we're going to be okay. But if by... Uh, focusing on increasing productivity on a societal basis, that is increasing GDP, um, focusing on in, uh, GDP growth as our end all and be all, that if that's what we're trying to pursue and as a result, um, even though our chronic diseases are cured, we are increasingly sedentary so that we can be increasingly productive, then our health is not gonna be any better. Okay, so our health, the, improve, the way to improve health is through those things that are actually free to us already. Uh, it's just that we need to be able to be free to be able to move uh, instead of being able to, instead of just tied to our desk from eight to five. Uh, we need to be able to uh, be free to make the food that we already have that's nourishing for us instead of um, purchasing the convenience of the fast food industry that, that's there to sell to us, right? Uh, and, and we need to be able to be uh, we need to be able to sleep adequately, right? So healthy living translates to a healthy diet, exercise, and good sleep. Those are things that are free to us already. Now, diet, uh, again, you know, we have adequate food now. It's just a matter of preparing. It's just a matter of having the time to be able to prepare that. And so, you know, really, if we're trying to improve health and thereby well-being and happiness, uh, then then I think this pursuit of endless overconsumption is is a mistaken pursuit. And what we really need is to be able to recognize that the underlying issue that's driving a lot of the chronic rise of chronic disease is our overconsumption. And then be able to recognize that you can, that the, the easy part is fixing the problem because fixing the problem means you're gonna actually be wealthy. <laughs> you're gonna gain affluence of time and you're gonna ha have a lot more income through your investment. And, and so I, I'd like to suggest that's just a, a much better way of living. I would tend to agree. And as a matter of fact, you know, while you're speaking, I'm thinking about, you know, someone can say, well, you know, we live in a society, you know, that you're free, you want to buy whatever you want and stuff, but you're right. You can, if you have, if you're rich, you can, <laughs> nothing's mm -hmm. going to stop you. But, but if you're barely making it and you do, you're yeah. just affecting yourself. You know, it's like an adverse reaction. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, so right. at the end of the day, you are not asking people to drop being capitalist, you just ask them to be no, smart. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, let me make that clear because I'm actually a fan of capitalism. Okay, because I, there's I no you. other, <laughs> there is no other economic system in the world that has lifted hundreds of millions of people out of ex, uh, out of extreme poverty in the way uh, uh, capitalism has. 
And yet, beyond a certain extent, though, if we don't recognize that overconsumption is what's driving our adverse health outcomes, and therefore affecting our adversely affecting well-being and ultimately happiness, then actually we're we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. And so, you know, it's not that we need to change our system of capitalism. No, absolutely not. I think you know it's a it's it's a system that um, that really works very well with regards to some things, but it does need uh, it does need us to be able to take advantage of the uh, fact that you know if we invest enough then we can actually become free of uh, the, the, the obligations that are, you know, financial obligations that are tying us to our un unhealthy lifestyles. And as a result, live a much more fulfilling life. Uh, and, and I agree. And by the way, I, I just wanted to clarify something because uh, some people could say, well, well, there's, there's a, a 1% or a few people, the rich that don't want everybody else to be rich. Uh, you know, I, you know, I do believe that we do live in a country where right now, if you want to become a millionaire, there is a way. I mean, mm -hmm. you got to take chances. I mean, we have new millionaires every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, people, younger people are getting into that, that bracket more often than, than people can imagine mm -hmm. in using technology and stuff, investing in all that. Like we talked metaverse, NFTs, and there's new things out there that people don't may not even be aware sure. of that are the wave of the future. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so let's not keep that, that mentality, you know, pushing us down and keeping us locked on the ground. Mm -hmm. If you want it so bad, you can do it. And, and, mm -hmm. and, and there is, as people may say, the American dream still lives. <laughs> it may be different. It may be, you know, a, a different angle, but we have more people during the pandemic. A lot of people have found themselves in people are making thousands of dollars a month right now on, on TikTok. You know I mean? It just yeah, by putting uh, content. So you're, you're right. I mean, you know, really uh, the, the sort of principles that I talk about in the book, and again, it's nothing, uh, you know, extremely re uh, revealing there. That's a really the, uh, very much a mainstream approach that financial advisors for the most part would agree with. Again, uh, I just say that we should be investing a lot more. Um, but if you look at who can benefit, really, it's the vast majority of people, right? I mean, uh, certainly anybody who's uh, middle income on up, but even uh, a large part of the uh, lower class, you know, at least the upper half of that lower class can get to the point of becoming financially independent uh, by following some of those principles. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody can. And, you know, there's certain folks that really have high health, high expenses for whatever reason relative to their income uh, that is no, not necessarily of any fault of their own. And so there may be some folks who can't get to the point of becoming independent. That doesn't mean that they won't benefit still from applying some of these principles. So if they, uh, uh, you know, even by, even for um, folks who, who have a relatively lower income, applying some of these same principles, you can get to the point of maybe you don't have to work two jobs. <laughs> you know, maybe you don't have to work, um, uh, you know, that second shift or, or whatever it is. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of folks who can still benefit um, whether you're ultimately going to get to a point of financially independent or not is still, um, you know, it's a worthy goal, but that that still doesn't necessarily mean that you don't ne um, have that same benefit that will then translate to some health benefits too. And yeah. I talk about that a little bit more in the book. So. And doctor, thank you for that, that clarification. But I, I, I just wanted to add one thing. So yeah, you can be, you know, a lot of people start poor and, yeah. you know, um, 
again, a lot of people come here as immigrants with nothing. And it's, it's, it's how you, you know, how you're kind of focused can make a difference. Uh, and yes, you can start from the ground up. I mean, you know, or you, some people can be on top and they drop. When I mentioned earlier about the people sure. that have yeah. been super successful, they, they've dropped to the zero to nothing yeah. and had to yeah. start again from up. And this time they build a better foundation. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so we can always blame everything. And, you know, and unfortunately some, some of us might still stick to that because it's comfortable to, to always have that. Or we can say enough is enough. You know what? Mm -hmm. If they can, what person is doing it? I want to try to do it at, at, sure. at any level I am. So, yeah. so again, and when I'm saying this, I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm saying it in a positive yeah. that anyone listening, watching, you can do it. You yeah. have the ability to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, there is no magical, you know, stuff. It may be more yeah. difficult, you know, less yes. access to resources, but there Definitely. are resources out there. You know, yes. if you look deep enough and like, I mean, again, we're talking about, I mentioned TikTok earlier. It's it's a wealth of knowledge. People are sharing information yeah. left and right to promote their own stuff, but it's good stuff. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you have to to vet it out for yourself. Sure. But a lot of it, I I look at things. I you know I see something, I check it out, and some of it is really good stuff. <laughs> some of it. Is. <laughs> I mean, some of it. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of bullshit, but but but, but <laughs> again, it, it is a platform for you know for everybody, right? Yeah. But you have people that give real stuff that is that is valuable and real content and real you know uh, data, and some people are given just to to get viral. But that's okay. But again, we have to always do our due diligence. We don't. We don't take even this show. I mean, you don't. You don't have to listen to us and take it for granted. Mm -hmm. Read the book, whatever. Find out for yourself. Yes. If it's not for you, it's not for you. That's okay. Sure. But, but at the end of the day, it is one step closer to something that you're probably looking for, and yeah. that's really what you need to. It's that one degree, one element, one step, one little shift can make a difference in everybody's life. And that's really Absolutely. the bottom line. So, because people sometimes like. What do you know about being poor? What do you know about it? Well, I can say sure. I'm an immigrant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I started, yeah. you know, with a little <laughs> bag, you know, in, in New York City. So wow. I didn't know anyone. Uh, and, you know, yeah. uh, we can talk about my my story and that's not sure. a problem. I, it's not a secret. <laughs> mm -hmm. But but the bottom line is there's so many folks that can do, that do more, that have done more. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I still want to do just more. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's there's no limit until I'm unable to do it. I'm going to continue doing something, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I do what I love. I mean, I, everything I do, I enjoy. I wake up in the morning. I'm still happy to do my job. I'm, I'm happy to That's do awesome. my show. But but I'm an example, but I like to use this as a motivation. And mm -hmm. I'm nobody. And if I can do it, a lot of people <laughs> can do it and everybody can do it. So. That's, that's, that's in my mind, at, at least, you know, that's what keeps me going every day. Yeah. Uh, this is a platform to share with people how they can be better. Bottom line, we would have not put one-on-one -on -one together health, you know, sure. this today yeah. we do that. We are putting it together in a way that yeah. is like, we started with an MD and now we're talking about finances and <laughs> how did that even work? Well, it did. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to this whole show, it sounds a yeah. little off, but you know, but again, the, the <laughs> message is very simple. You know, yeah. we can change ourselves we can change our society we can change yeah. our behavior we can actually contribute to ourselves and families as well as the health of the benefit of society yeah. by doing it differently and sometimes you know we need to be different innovative mm -hmm. out of the box or maybe no box yeah. <laughs> in this case yeah. yeah so so we've taken uh, more time than we we allocated and, it, and it's just <laughs> interesting we can talk more um so so just to close the show um first of all where is the book available? Where can people actually get access to it? Sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, uh, it's available um, on any major retailer website, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. So you could go to our, our uh, my website, uh, healthandflames.com, 
and you can find a list of retailers that you can purchase it through. Um, so yeah, it's a, it, it should be widely available um, through most retailers. All right. Well, we're going to have that on the description of the show. So look forward to that. Uh, you know, you want to listen to this, you want to take some of it. I'm listening, just grab a couple of elements from this show and take it and apply them. Things will turn. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say I guarantee it, but 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 you know, you don't I don't you don't need my guarantee, you just have to test it out. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, That's right. Uh, but these are concepts. I mean, <clears throat> Dr. George has got a lot of experience and been 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 out there and done a lot of you know, stuff and running a multifamily practice and you know it's not a picnic and i'm sure you do a lot more than just that so <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, obviously the, the reason you wrote this book is you you are actually in that world and you understand how it works and dynamics yeah. so please you know i mean listen uh you mentioned elon musk he does mm -hmm. exactly that he's all mm -hmm. over the place and you know what sure he's making it work yeah uh, yeah and and he would say himself you know we can do the same. The problem is yeah. he's willing to take risks and he's willing yeah. to do multiple things. Sometimes we're just afraid. Sure. Afraid. Yeah. So, yeah. so I want you to give us your last words of wisdom, you know, at the end of the hour <laughs> here. So what would you leave our audiences with? Uh, it, you know, really kind of a, a call to action. So uh, three, real, three different things that, you know, I think um, I, I hope you guys will take advantage of. One, uh, please do read the book, uh, Health in Flames. Um, a doctor's prescription for living beyond diet and exercise. And um, two, I want you to uh, share it with your family and friends and get the word out there. Uh, even request it at the local library because it's not really about, you know, profiting off the book. It really is about getting the message out. Um, and then uh, two, you know, if you're, if you're really interested and um, want to help out to, at that next level, uh, I'd I'd like to suggest, you know, we kind of talked about this in the context of how this benefits the individual, but there really is a way that it benefits society as a whole. So I'd like to encourage some of you guys to take that next step and uh, join me in implementing some of the policies that I talk about in the book that I think is going to be influential in, uh, in a way that it benefits not just a person who reads the book, which is great, but really we can implement um, benefits that that can translate to uh, a, a, a benefit for the society as a whole so uh, i hope to to hear from you some of y'all <laughs> so. uh, all right well thank you doctor and again you'll have the contact in the description of the show so please feel free to reach out uh get the book learn you know and uh, you know apply you know whatever you can uh, you'll be very intrigued by you know the content and you will enjoy it so that that i can say um so that being said, you know, first of all, doctor, thank you for spending, you know, a, a, an ample time with us. We've exceeded <laughs> our hour. We didn't expect to go, but, you know, I usually limit it to the hour, but, you know, it was intense and it was fun. And I think there was so much to cover. So we did it. Um, and uh, folks, you know, thank you for listening, watching, and uh, always look up for the next topic, guest and show coming soon. Ciao, ciao for now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. <laughs>